Blog Talk Radio. And that was the excitement at the uh, Women's World Football Games 5. That was uh, Coach uh, Chanel uh, Tillman-Brooks firing up everybody at the World Football Games in New Orleans at the Saints Training Facility. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Great Iron Blitz right here on Blog Talk Radio and Apple Podcasts. Your host, Oscar Lopez, here. We have a big show today. We have, uh, Louise Bean is going to join us here in a couple minutes, as well as we have Club Burmy in the house. At about 45 after, we're going to be talking WFA, IWFL, um, pretty much the international scene of what's going on right now. And uh, we have special guests in the No Joke Football Huddle today as well, uh, Fabian Bayes, um, quarterback coach of the New York Sharks, as well as he's launching a brand new uh, um, brand at thefootballlife.com, thefootballlife.com. And so uh, he's going to be talking about that and the awesome discount towards the end here he's going to uh give us some feedback on that in terms of how that's going to work out and uh we're going to be talking nfl free agency as well so i'm going to keep y'all hanging out there we got cousins keenum bell hyde crodwell sherman um landry um there's just a lot of names out there still graham uh eifert uh, as well from cincinnati so we'll talk dived in a little bit on that well, news and notes as well um Go to our Facebook page, get all the latest news in women's gridiron, especially this week. A lot of stuff going on in the women's scene internationally as well. We've got BAFA women, FIFA in Spain down there. Um, we also have a, a gridiron Victoria um, in action. We all, the WWFG5, uh, thanks to Russ Crawford and the Women's Gridiron Foundation for supplying some of the uh, shared items that we posted on our Facebook page and all the excitement that happened at the women's world football games five over, I think over 80 women participated this time, uh, a little lower number than normal, uh, normal. It's about over a hundred, but because of logistics and things that came up, it obviously became a situation where things were going to be a little different. So, um, you know, but other than that, it was pretty successful. Everybody was excited. Um, there was a lot of the international players that came, uh, I think 16 members, of the Sweden, uh, Sweden team to New Orleans, as well as the rest of them spread out from various parts of Europe, uh, and uh, as well as some from Australia, from Gridiron West. Um, so uh, congratulations, everybody. Everybody, I'm pretty sure, had a great time for the whole week. That was pretty exciting. So, um, you know, that's how it works out. And so uh, every, everything was perfect for the weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure they got pampered how to be a pro player, and it would be nice to – for it to be normal uh, at an NFL scale for the women's uh, game as well. But uh, that isn't the case. But this uh, developmental camp 
really does help elevate the game internationally. Um, and so 2021, when we get the next world championships, I'm pretty sure the national teams from those various countries obviously will we will be better in terms of competition uh, versus the United States, Canada, and even Mexico at this point. So um, it's pretty awesome, pretty awesome to do. Um, so we'll, let's dive in here. Uh, we got some news and notes towards the end. Uh, it's going to be huge. So if you haven't gone to our Zazzle shop, um, our Zazzle shop is our Norwegian football shop. I go to Zazzle today, final day, February 27th, uh, midnight Pacific time. You can get everything at the shop, 25% off. Um, that helps us spotlight another talented uh, athlete internationally, whether in youth sports or whether in the women's game, uh, as well as in the States. Uh, and so uh, help us support that. Every dollar that gets out of there, so it's roughly about $3 per item sold, up to $5, depending on leggings or hoodies. Uh, we accumulate that as soon as we build that up. We end up dispersing it to another talented athlete in the women's game internationally or in the States. So, so far, we've donated over $3,000. Uh, we're going about $4,500, almost close to $5,000 now in terms of donating. So, all of the purchases that come to the shop, uh, we don't make any revenue off of. None of us uh, get to keep that. It gets recycled uh, to promote our awareness project, which is the No Joke Football hashtag on Twitter, on Instagram, and on obviously on Facebook as well. So I want to thank everybody that's uh, helped us out since 2009, and we're almost at 2018 now, and uh, over $5,000 have been given away from our organization to help promote the game and uh, bring awareness to the game. So I really appreciate all the athletes, uh, all the you know people that have purchased and have shared photos and, and things that we could share to bring excitement to the game. And I wanted to give everybody, uh, you know, an appreciation shout out because uh, without them, we wouldn't be where we're at now in terms of awareness. Uh, and this week alone, we hit about 17,500 on all our, on all our social platforms. So we're totally stoked and excited uh, to announce that. And so uh, for everybody out there, it, that's huge. It's about 17,000 new uh, fanatics, regular folks, if not athletes or uh, others that are now aware that women play American football globally. So um, awesome job by everybody, all our network partners. We want to appreciate them as well and all the athletes and people that have helped me out with networking to try to get the stories up there on our Facebook page. So go to our Facebook page weekly. Uh, you can get weekly uh, results, inspiring stories and media news as well. And then you go to Twitter uh, for breaking news, updates and more. And in March alone, if you have, haven't added us on Snapchat, go to Snapchat, Great Iron Beauty. We are, we're going to have takeovers in March by various athletes. Um, Katie Veracruz, we're going to have uh, Kristen Moore. We're going to have Emma Diaz, uh, Savannah Melton. Uh, we're also going to have um, pretty much a lot of international stars uh, from all other uh, parts of the globe. So uh, Snapchat's going to be pretty hot in uh, March. So if you haven't added us on there, um, go to Snap, uh, Snapchat at Great Iron Beauty. All right, let's see here. Um, let's see if we have Luis on right now. Uh, Luis, are you on? Yeah, this is Fabian. Oh, Fabian, you're on. You're on early. Okay, great. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, right, welcome to the Blitz. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Not a problem, uh, Fabian. Um, uh, pretty exciting times uh, for you. Uh, new branding coming up here. Want to bring you on? So it's kind of a new adventure there, and then. 
obviously the Sharks. You've been involved with the Sharks for a long time, a historic franchise. We talked to Andrea with yes. Douglas as well. So um, it's right. kind of nice to be involved into something very historic in terms of the women's game. Um, so Definitely. tell us a little bit about how you got involved with uh, the, the New York Sharks. And with the new and, and first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate what you do, and and also you know hats off with what you're doing with No Joke Football. That's amazing what you're doing. You've been doing that for some time, so you know I definitely respect that. I um, so I'm have a, a, a long time background in the game of football, um, and I appreciate you having me on uh, coaching high school ball. Uh, I've coached college here in the New York City, New Jersey area. I had a I was about to start a college assignment, um, coaching assignment back in 2012. And, um, you know, just being a football junkie like I am and loving the game and wanting to do something, you know, I had that a little bit of time uh, in in um, in the spring of 2012 and just looking for other, you know, opportunities. I coached semi-pro, coached the guys and so forth. So I just wanted to just look for other opportunities maybe within the game where I can, where I can do something and, you know, did a Google search as many people have done, and and I came across the Sharks, and I actually that day uh, it was kind of like this was like May, so it was midseason. I called up and and spoke with uh with the Sharks owner Andrew Douglas, and and she's been she's just been phenomenal to me. And uh, long story short, I I became uh, I came on board, and uh, at the time they needed some assistance with the coaching the secondary, and I came on board in in 2012 coaching the secondary second half of the season and. Uh, you know, able to, to help those ladies out a little bit, and and you know that's that's pretty much it. You know, took off from there. A couple couple years after that, I, I was close to the team, but because of schedule, um, because of my scheduling, I wasn't uh, involved uh, firsthand. But from 2015 to now, been coaching the quarterbacks and and just helping out wherever I can. So it's been, you know, it's it's been really one of the best. Coaching in general really has been one of the best decisions of my life. And, and then this, being a part of the New York Sharks and what they mean to the sport and to the, and obviously to the, to the movement of women's football, obviously it's a big deal. You know, and Andrew's been great. My, uh, a lot of, made a lot of good friends there. Uh, really care about the ladies a great deal. So, you know, and that's, that's, you know, it's amazing. I think, well, wow, it's, it's been quite some time already that I've been doing this. So, but it's, it's been phenomenal. Fabian, the, the struggles in the ladies' game you've seen firsthand. You've done, you've obviously done youth sports, uh, maybe yeah. even college at some point. Uh, so the reality when you get to the next level, uh, the passion that these ladies have is no different like, than maybe a youth football player when they first start out and excited for, for football. So coaching the women, is it any different for you? Was it a transition or was it something that you just like kind of was wowed about? Well, I, I was um... – you're definitely right. Right, the passion is is there. They're so enthusiastic about learning. They love the game, and I just have so much respect for these ladies because you have ladies that come from different walks of life. Uh, some are teachers, some are lawyers, some are they're in different businesses. They're they're they have their own business. They're personal trainers, and they love the game so much. And they get out there and they want to learn and they want to get better, and with each year, the athletes get better and better. I'm sure you've seen it, you know, just dealing with, with the with the sport itself. The athletes are a lot, you know, over the years they get better. They're 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 a lot, you know, they come maybe they maybe some of them come 
they played high school with the guys, and and so they they know they they have an understanding of the game. They're physical, and the passion is there. The enthusiasm to to learn and to compete is definitely there. I mean, it, it's just it's amazing, and and because of the fact that you know they're this is it really for them. You know, obviously some aspire to play in the World Games and and, this, and represent the USA and so forth, uh, but you know, this is really it. And, and they, I, I just always tell them and I tell anyone that was that listen to me, I have so much respect for them because they really are playing for the love of the game. And these ladies, you know, they play on a Saturday, you, you're on the road, you're good, you're getting, you know, Sunday morning, whatever, depending how long the, the ride was, you turn around, you got to go to work Monday, you turn right around. You got, usually we got practice Tuesdays and Thursdays and to do it all over again. And, you know, it's just – and they and they got to pay. They got to pay their fees and so forth. You know, so I just I just have immense respect for these ladies, and I always tell them. And that's – you know, I was thinking about it as someone the other day. That's part of the reason why I continue to come back is because I really – I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I've met a lot of great people. But also the respect and love that I have for them, you know, because they, they do work their tails off. Now, Fabian, uh, being a coach – uh, you got the privilege of uh, seeing firsthand in the U.S. game a lot of legendary quarterbacks in your time, and obviously coaching one legendary quarterback, which is Karen Mulligan, uh, part of the you know historic Sharks history as well. Um, so yeah. how cool was that to get to a level where it's sort of like when you equated, it's kind of like you know you you put yourself in that situation where this is a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady, or a you know an um, uh, white uh, white tittle and stuff like that when you get to that stage you can equate something like an nfl allure but uh karen's been doing it for a long long time as well as other you know allison hamlin and uh and other great quarterbacks lisa horton out there in in the game so uh, how cool was that that you basically got to kind of like i wouldn't say mentor but kind of kind of work side by side with somebody like that she's been phenomenal to work with i i think she's uh, one of the best to ever do it, that, to step on the field in the women's game. Uh, I think she's, you know, the best single caller. Um, and she's really, I would say, from all the athletes that I've coached, college, high school, she's probably the best athlete that I've ever coached. I mean, she's just an, an immense athlete. She could she could do different things on the football field, not just – but she happens to be able to – she's a phenomenal quarterback and make all the throws. And as good a player as she is, She's just the same as phenomenal as a, as a person, phenomenal person. I mean, it's been that it's been a tremendous, probably been the highlight of my coaching career. Now, I, I I've coached some guys that are that are in the NFL too. You know what I mean? From from back in college and so forth. But Karen Mulligan is is really, without question, she's she's the the top person and player that I've coached. Phenomenal, phenomenal person who can also ball. You know what I mean? So. Uh, she she has been great working with them. Now, uh, Fabian, this year's transition for them twenty years. Uh, Miss Douglas has given up the team to a new ownership, um, so it's it's kind of like exciting and sad in a way because you know, at one end you you got one story that ends, and at another there's a new beginning. Um, right. How excited are you for the transition to keep the Sharks alive here in New York? Well. Just a slight, just a little correction. You know, she's she sold she sold the team. I mean, but the team is gonna, it'll be uh, the new ownership will be starting it under a new name. So the Sharks 
you know, will cease to exist after 2018. Um, but it, it's, you know, all of us, all of us, obviously, we're, first of all, we're working really hard. We just finished mini camp, had a really good mini camp, uh, tremendous coaching staff, a lot of talent. Uh, Karen looks really good as well. Uh, we have a lot of returnees. Uh, and so we're very excited to just get out there and, and take it one week at a time and have a phenomenal season. And, and yeah, of course, it is emotional because, you know, when I think about the Sharks and what they mean, you know, as I started this journey in this game, in the women's game, and started realizing, wait a minute, you know, the, the Sharks, you know, the Sharks, when you think about, for example, the NFL, you think about the, the New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, those flagship franchises, well, you know, the Sharks are, are that first one in women's football, so, and they have the lore and, and they have a lot going for them. So we, we all of us have a feel a sense of duty to really, I mean, you know, to really do a great job and and obviously get these ladies prepared to have an outstanding 2018 season. So, yeah, you know, the, the, it's definitely we're not thinking about the end right now, but we know that's in the back of our mind. We just want to really prepare these ladies to the best of our ability and uh, considering everything that the Sharks mean to the women's game, have a great 2018 season. Now, Fabian, you you guys have shifted from the IWFL to the WFA. Competition-wise, in this region, in the East Coast, is very tough. And when you get to this next level, not so much in the IWFL so much, but when you get to the WFA here, you got the Divas, the the Passion, the Renegades, Cleveland coming on strong. You got Atlanta Phoenix down south. Uh, a lot more stiffer competition in terms of a schedule. So, um, have you guys talked about it this year in, in terms of you know? Last year was pretty tough as well, but this year may be a little tougher than, than that. Yeah, well, we were in the WFA last year, and we saw some of that. You know, we, we played the Divas. We played Philly. You know, so, yeah, t- stiff stiff competition for sure. So, you know, as a coaching staff, obviously we, we've done – we're continuing to do our job to just get these ladies ready and, and stress competing, stress giving it your all and being ready to go because, you know, the WFA is, is the top – is the top league in, in terms of women's football. So, yeah, you got to be ready to go. And we're we're harping on that, not just in words, but, but in action in terms of really working our ladies and demanding excellence from them. Because, obviously, you know, you, you got you to gotta bring it. These teams are, are physical. Uh, some of these teams, you know, you got powerhouse teams here. So, uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. We have, to, we have to really buckle down and, and, and be ready to play big-time ball. Is it the experience now for you that it's it's natural go to work that type of deal and you have a good core of uh, of players now in in terms of stability because I know recruiting becomes a tough thing season to season but it just seems like you guys are somewhat stable in terms of a roster year in year out either word of mouth or other players bringing in other players so uh, can you speak to that is it tough or has it been somewhat somewhat tough but overall it's it's intact. You know, there, there's always some, you know, because, you know, obviously in this in this game, you know, things happen. Uh, maybe people, someone gets a, a job and they move away or, or they decide to, to, uh, to hang it up and, and move on to another chapter of their life. But, you know, we, we do have a really good core uh, when you, when you, you know, we, we, besides Karen, we have a lot of other veterans who've been doing this a long time. So we have a lot of returnees. And then you know we we do we are excited about a lot of the young talent that we have that have joined the uh, the Sharks this year. 
but yeah, I mean that's and, and we 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 really rely on uh, our veterans to to bring those new ladies along, you know, and get them up to speed, and and and, and obviously we have to do our job too uh, in order to do that so that we can put. A, a solid, you know, competitive team on the field. But yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, we we do we are fortunate in that in that sense that we do have a lot of attorneys that are that take this very seriously and they they set the tone for the for the newer players. Fabian, the the passion for the branding that you started here, uh, where did that come up? Coffee break uh, between family, or how did that you know just spring up and you decided, hey, this is. This is something I want to get into or go into it at this point yeah. with the branding. Yeah, so so football life, uh, you know, the footballlife.com, it's it's an American football lifestyle brand. Uh, and again, I appreciate your time and, and let me speak about it a little bit. You know, and I, I definitely have a special offer uh, for all the listeners that are that are that are tuning in that I'll I'll drop before I before we finish. But it it really was just a build up of all my years in the game, not just coaching, but uh, as, a, as a high school player trying to figure it out and, and through my life, you know, and what I've realized is that no matter what I was doing in my life, football's always been a big part of it. And so not just watching it, but thinking about the game, uh, studying the game. Uh, you know, I've invested a lot in, in clinics and talking to coaches, and, you know, I can tell you stories of a lot of things that I've done and, and reaching out to coaches in the NFL and, D1, you know, just asking them questions and just seeing the parallels of, of the game in life, you know. And, and so football life was really born out of just wanting to express that, that love and that passion. And, you know, the, our tagline is love the game, appreciate the journey, because the game, whether it's a little, you know, you're, you're watching your, your son, for example, your daughter playing pop Warner ball down to, you know, the Super Bowl that we had earlier this month, whatever it is, we love the game. And then there's also a journey within the game and also within life that you take. And, you know, I think back to this game now and all the relationships, all the great friendships, the lessons that I've learned, the things I've learned about myself, about other people, the places I've been able to to go to because of this game. And so football life, hence that term, football life, you know, it's, it really is is just celebrating everything about the game that that's that's given me so much. You know, like I said, I've you know I've been able to meet a lot of wonderful people. You know, Andrew and Karen and and just so many people that have that have made a difference in my life and other coaches and other players and so forth. You know, and, and so many lessons that I've learned. So I just wanted to create a, 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 a lifestyle brand around that because I think. It's safe to say, I'm sure, you know, for you, yourself and, you know, uh, and, and also maybe a lot of listeners, you know, football is a big part of our lives. So I just wanted to create a brand around that, and that's where that came out of, not necessarily focusing on, you know, uh, what's your favorite team or who your favorite player is, but more around what the game means and what the game uh, has done for the people within it, you know, because that's that's really a big deal because we can all – we all have deep, passionate stories of something in the game that, that affected us, you know, whether high school, whether Pop Warner, uh, whatever it is, you know. No, correct. I mean, and that's, I think that's the key right there. We, we all can take lessons from it. If you've played the game, it's like real life uh, type of game. You know what I mean? You're going to have challenges. You're going to have joy. You're going to have disappointment. Uh, you're going to have acceleration. You're going to have, I mean, just a, a little bit of everything is in the game. 
I mean, uh, it's a week-to-week game. It's tough. It's scheming. It's planning. It's managing. It's uh, all that stuff. It's built into the game. That's, I think that's what makes it more special than any other game is the fact that it's maybe true to life more so than any other sport. Absolutely. Without question, you know, you, we start, for example, you, 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 you start an endeavor, you're, you're, you're at the 20-yard line, you're at the 20-yard line, you got to advance, and you're trying to hit your goal, right? It's, obviously, it's the same thing on the football field. You know, you get the ball, and you got to start marching down the field, and you're trying to get in the end zone. You know what I mean? I tell our quarterbacks, your job is to get your offense in the end zone. You know what I mean? So it's very similar, very similar to life. You know what I mean? You make a mistake. You get pulled back, you, right? You, you 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 cause a penalty. You get pulled back a few yards. You gotta you gotta go again. So it's uh, the parallels are incredible, you know. So you know, if I may, you know, so uh, I, we I, we obviously have we have two collections on the line, and the site is thefootballlife.com, and that's the football after the second L. It's ife.com. We have our feature collection, which is focused on women's football. I decided to do that because of just my personal connection and, and my love for, for these ladies and the love that they share, that they uh, uh, play this game with. And obviously because we're coming up to into their season, it just so happened it timed up. I wanted to do that and celebrate women's football. And then, you know, we, all, we also have our signature line, which is called Kickoff, Kickoff Collection, which is just our our signature logo, Football Life. As You know, you saw some of the, 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 um, the uh, media that I shared with you, Oscar, and and you know that's that's really you know what we're trying to do is um you know I think I think a lot of people out there uh will will relate to it they they um you know and a lot of women a lot of women we're coming up on the season a lot of women more and more women as you know as as you were noting in your in your opening it's a lot more women playing this game and then you have a lot more women who are not, now you have the young ladies who are playing tackle football you know I. I, I had a in one of my in my one of my first blog pieces that people can see on the site uh, of footballlife.com. You know, I, I talk about Sam Gordon. You know, I I didn't know that Sam Gordon was behind the um, the the movement in Utah and it's spreading into other places and other states for girls tackle football. That's gonna grow the game because more and more girls, right? Just in New York City here, there are numerous girls uh, uh, playing uh, high school. Uh, flag football. It's a varsity sport in their respective school. More and more girls are going to want to play tackle football. They're not just going to want to be the one girl or two girls on the boys' team. They're going to want to have their own tackle team. So I think what Sam Gordon is doing, it's only a matter of time. Now, there's logistics, you know, tackle football. There's money. That's you got. It costs a lot of money to outfit a team and so forth. Obviously, safety issues, but it's it's going to grow. It's just a matter of time. It's going to grow, and then just like the women's adult game, it's 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 going to grow, and it's definitely going to grow. Let's bring in uh, Fabian. Let's bring in the uh, uh, IWFL legendary quarterback here, Louise Bain, in the house here, um, and she's obviously known the sport for a long time. So, um, uh, Louise, are you on? Louise, are you on? All right. Let me see if Luis is on. All right. All right. I thought it was her on there, but uh, let me see here. Um, I could be wrong. Let me double check here. Um, so in the meantime, uh, we'll just go back to uh, what we were doing here. So Fabian, uh, 
the, the excitement over the branding, it takes a lot of work to start it up, a lot of money, a lot of resources, you know, networking, uh, things like that. Uh, did you consider all that at the beginning or did you brainstorm this out like 12 months ago? Uh, you know, how, how did it come about to get it to where it's at now and, and live and going? Yeah, definitely. I, I probably over the last few months I thought about it and, and started planning it out and and uh, doing a lot of studying on it. I was thinking probably back like almost about two years ago doing something similar, but it wasn't involving football. And I just kept coming around to it, thinking about what the game means to me and and uh, you know just uh, what the effect that it's had on my life. So the last couple months, I decided. You know, I wanted to do it, and I and I was asking a lot of questions. And, you know, obviously in this day and age you can go online, do a lot of research, so putting it together. And, you know, it, it, in this day and age, it's the, the whole process of starting an online business, while it still takes work, it still takes some startup capital, it's not as daunting as, you know, in days in years past where, for example, in apparel brand, hey, you know, you got to – uh, maybe before you had to order X amount from a supplier and then find a place to put it, and, and you know, now you were stuck with it because no one bought that particular item in that color, that size. So it's, 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 it's the process with the Internet and the, so many apps and so many just the, facil- the, the facilitation of uh, the, the mechanism of, of the Internet and online business, it's, it's made it a little simpler. You know, so we have a system where uh, when someone orders something, they they order a particular item. Let's say they want that shirt in black, uh, extra large. Then once they put their order in, it goes and, it, and it's made. And, and, you know, so it's not sitting in a warehouse somewhere. I don't have it in my living room stacked up, you know what I mean? So it, we have a fulfillment partner that handles it. So it's a little easier that way, you know what I mean? So it's not as daunting. It's It's not as big of an expense out of pocket. Um, so and, and it's a lot of fun because you get, you know, I, I really wanted to create something that I think not only is significant for me and, and really speaks to my love for the game and everything that I appreciate about it, but I think a lot of people will relate too. That's why I'm asking because, you know, you, you got to make choices about how you're going to logistically take care of things because you start sure. out uh, just like we went, just like when we started, we, we went with Zazzle because, it makes more sense for logistics. They're international. Uh, you know, right. shipping returns is much easier. People can buy with different types of credit cards. There's no real overhead for me. Uh, it's basically more marketing and promoting. There is a cut right. that obviously they take for doing some of the logistics and, and courses. Exactly. As to your point, it, you know, in the past, there was issues where in the past you had, um, you know, things that just didn't work out. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're losing money. Because now you gotta you gotta hustle a lot harder to for something that designed it didn't work. Now it's a little right. easier because the design's there. If somebody really wants it, as to your point, they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and order it. And then at that point, it gets ordered within a certain amount of time frame. They get satisfied with it, and and things are a lot less controlled, less less wastefulness. And unfortunately, as a business, that's the one thing you can't afford is to have you know revenue that obviously isn't gonna move or items that are not gonna move. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, so I think it's it's a lot easier, and uh, you know, we as you said, um, you know, the the uh, designs are there, they're uploaded, and you know, we uh, and I, you know, what I try to do with the with football life is provide a lot of different types of products. So we have an array of shirts, different kinds of shirts, lady shirts, 
uh, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, various types of hats. You know, I, I really also wanted to go with a lot of colors and not just go black and white. You know, I wanted to provide uh, customers with with, a, with choices. Um, and then we also had some accessories. You know, we have, you know, cell phone cases. We have mugs. We have some pillow case, some pillows as well. Just trying to do some different things because I think, you know, it, you you want to give customers options and 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 I think the the designers that we had, you know, did a really nice job with the design work. I had a vision that I you know I really wanted something that was that was appealing and and really uh, told a story and tried to elicit you know an emotion from people that people really uh, felt that they could connect with. You know, for example, one of the items that I've gotten a lot of interest in is uh, it's actually the first item on the store. It's called uh, Yes We Can. It's a it's a it's a it's an illustration, and we have it on several shirts and other items. It's three women in uh, full equipment, full football equipment, uh, out on the field. You know, and this and it's Yes We Can because it's hinting. It's obviously speaking to the many women, not just as you mentioned, not just in the U.S. but worldwide that are playing the tackle game, that are playing tackle, you know, playing American football uh, and, and playing it well. So I wanted to speak to that because, um, you know, as you know, uh, you, you want to you create things that people can connect with. Uh, so and, and because, as I said, as I was putting this together, because the NFL was ending and obviously we're coming up on women's football and, and I'm a part of women's football, I have a great respect for these ladies, I figured, you know what, let me – it just makes sense to tailor a collection specifically for women's football. So I hope that the ladies will appreciate it. I've already been getting a lot of good feedback, and, uh, you know, I'm happy for that. Yeah, and it, it takes a lot of work um, and a lot of networking. I think that's the one key that you have to do is, you know, every day you got to come to work. Uh, just like I told every, you know, like I tell everybody, it's no different than football, right? Every day you got to come to work. You got to get up. You got to do things. You got to study. You got to you know, do what you got to do. No different in business and business is the same concept. Every Absolutely. day there's something to do. There's something to, to take sure. care of. There's, you know, partnerships Absolutely. that can be built, you know, uh, networking and branching out, um, you know, things like that. And it's a testament to an individual who obviously has to do what they got to do to get to the next level, but also it's a testament when you have uh, individuals that are helping you along the way that uh, make you achieve that even quicker. Um, I think that's the one key that everybody kind of misses out on the fact that uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you got to thank those folks around you that obviously believed in you. Number one, number two, that obviously got it launched. Uh, the launching is probably the, the biggest celebration of it all before anything else right. comes about, you know? Absolutely. No, no question. You know, and um, as I said, uh, we, we've been getting a lot of good response, a lot of good feedback from various people uh, within the Sharks and some other people. So, and, uh, yeah, we, we uh, really hope to, you know, really have fun with it and, and, and really uh, provide something that people like. And, and I think, you know, this um, the reason why I think people should uh, go and check it out and, 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 and purchase from it is because it, it, it speaks to the, the love and appreciation for the game, you know, and, and not necessarily focusing on, you know, a particular, for example, an NFL uh, uh, team or player, but just more about, uh, the, the love of the game and, and, and some of the things that, that we've just previously, uh, previously spoke about, you know, so, and I think that right. it'll resonate with people and, um, you know, it's, it's definitely worthwhile. So you had an offer for our listeners here on, on blog talk and iTunes and 
Obviously, anybody that follows us on our uh, social page on Facebook and Twitter, there's a link to thefootballlife.com, uh, and that's one L on football and, the re- and another L is life. So the football and then uh, life.com. Uh, so the uh, Fabian, what was the uh, the uh, discount uh, that you were going to go in and shout yeah. out? Yeah. So for a limited time, you know, it's I know it's, it's about six thirty over there Pacific time, right? And, and it's it's nine thirty here in uh, in New York in New York City. Um, uh, what I like to do is just you know to to like to make a great offer for all your listeners. You know, between now and for the next couple hours, so till about midnight my time, 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, you guys can you can go on the site, and I'm going to give you a, a discount code for 30% off. Right now, you can sign up for our newsletter, and you'll immediately get a coupon for 20%. But because you know, I, I respect what you and Brit Iron Beauties is all about, and I appreciate you having having me on. I uh, just wanted for your listeners, you know, so obviously people that listen to this after, you know, tomorrow or later in a few days, they're going to miss it. But for the loyal listeners that you have on here, and I know you have many, and, and plus I, I have several friends that told me, hey, we're going to we're gonna be listening too. We're, they were looking forward to be, to checking out the, your show, Oscar. Um, we're going to uh, offer 30% off. The, the code is gridiron. Um, so the first word of your show, gridiron. Uh, it's not awesome. too sensitive. Yeah, you can get 30% off. Again, between now, you got roughly about two and a half hours. Uh, that's no order minimum, so you can go right now. Uh, you can still sign up for our newsletter to get in contact to, to uh, so that we can keep you aware of, obviously, upcoming offers and so forth. That will get you 20%. But just for this limited time, you can grab 30%. And just so you know, too, we uh, we, we ship not, not just throughout the U.S., Canada, but also 200 plus countries. So wherever you're listening to, from, you know, you 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 we have that option. We'll ship to you. Um, so like awesome. I said, 30 percent off gridiron. You know, between now and you know until 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, 12 midnight uh, Eastern time. Perfect. So uh, the code is gridiron, and you go to the uh, www the football and then life.com, and the link is on our right. uh, Twitter feed as well. It's going to be on our Facebook page, our promo. Appreciate it. And then, obviously, uh, Fabian, you got it uh, listed on your uh, pages as well. So uh, you go That's to right. thefootballlife.com, and you get 30% off between now and uh, midnight Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific, and that'll be 30% right. off. Use code GRIDIRON. GRIDIRON is the code. Right. Awesome. Um, so, Fabian, it's been awesome. Namia. See, we got Luis Bean here, uh, a former uh, IWFL legendary quarterback, two-time champion of the Utah Falcons. Luis, are you in the house? I am. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Hey, so, you got anything for Fabian Luis here? Uh, we're going to be uh, – he started a new brand. And he's been working with Karen Mulligan for a long time, part of the uh, New York Sharks, obviously, history as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry I missed the first little part to see what you guys discussed. Um I, you know, I've checked out your website. It seems very cool, and I heard you talking about the different ways of marketing and items, and just what you're trying to, what your outreach is. And I, you know, salute you for that because you know that's a great enterprise. Um, I watched Thanks. your, um, I watched your little, uh, oh gosh, it's the little teaser for the, 
the documentary on the New York okay. Sharks. And <clears throat> very cool. In fact, I need to go watch the full um, video because I didn't know there was one that existed. And, and just in the yeah. highlights and the teaser, um, I just yeah. thought, hey, you know, that was, you know, not all brand-new teams are very good. And I am, Trish, real quick, what was your record that first year, the year of the documentary? Because well, you guys looked good. I, yeah, yeah, they, that, that, was, uh, that was 2000. Right, I, was and I know you weren't there. It. Yeah, I wasn't there. You know, they, they, they had a pretty, pretty. You know, it might have been like just maybe a little, a little over five hundred. I'm not sure what the record okay. was, but yeah, I just wanted to highlight that because it, I just wanted to kind of show, you know, now you know, being that the the game has has flourished so much and and you have that many mm-hmm. more teams, I just wanted to you know, just kind of because you know. With a film, if if you don't if you didn't know about it, then it's still new to you, even though it, it's yeah, yeah. two thousand. So I just wanted yeah. to share it, because I I recently saw it. I had heard about it, but I recently saw it for the first time. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. And now yeah. seeing seeing where the game is at now, you know, and how the game mm-hmm. is, has grown. Yeah, I just wanted to do that. Yeah, there were some definitely some good hits and some good players just in that teaser. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually oh, yeah. I actually have played. Uh, I went to a camp one time with Karen. So, um, and that was six, five, five, five years ago. So I don't know if she even remembers me or knows who I was. And that was earlier in my career. So yeah, I've seen her play and obviously the Sharks have been successful and longest running, um, sports women's football team. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's very cool. I'm curious how you got into, uh, Coaching with them, if you guys haven't already discussed that. Yeah, we we talked about it. I um okay. back in 2012. Yeah, I I was able okay. to came across it, and I I just was looking for an opportunity to get involved with something, and I did a Google search, and the sharks came up, and you know took off from there. I went out there and was okay. able to get on board. Yeah, so that was it's been you know it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a lot of okay. fun. Okay, so what yeah. are you gonna do yeah. after they after they shut it down? Wow, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know. I may, I may be, I don't know if I'll be hanging on my whistle or I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but we, we definitely, we don't want to think too much about the end of 2018 yet. We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta make 2018 memorable. So uh, that's that's our focus right now. So how did you guys convince her to come back for one more year, or was it not that yeah, hard? She, I think, I think, I think she. Uh, I think she just, uh, you know, she 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 really loves the game, and I think, uh, you know, anytime you come back, maybe it's because you you feel like you uh, you 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 still have something to contribute. You know what I mean? And and our our head coach, Fabian Alessandro, he's returned. He was previously several years ago. He was the head coach. He's doing a, a fantastic job. We have an amazing staff that he's put together uh, with Andrew Douglas's help, so forth. So, and you know, I think. You know, and you you know you're a player, so you always take a look at the the landscape. Okay, how do things look? And if things are looking promising, and plus, obviously, first and foremost, you have to have that desire, right? You have to have that burning desire. Like, do do you still want to do this? Because, as we tell the lady, you know, this is like another job. You know what I mean? This is yeah. this is hard work. Tiger football is nothing but hard work. So I think she she still has something to say. You know, I think she still has something. She still has that competitive fire in her. And uh, she saw what the situation was, and you know wanted to come back. And you know I wouldn't try to speak for her, but you know I think she sure. just wanted to come back. And 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 you know being especially since she's been a big part of this organization, 
I think she wanted to return and and just one last time, you know what I mean, and and uh, get out there and compete again. Well, it's got to be fun, and so as long as it's yeah. still fun, because you're not That's getting it. paid, so as long as it's still <laughs> fun, then uh, then you know it's worth coming back for. I mean, heck, you know, I I if I could do it, I'd play again because it was still fun. So. Right. Um, hats off to her and hats off to your organization and we'll you know, I'll definitely be watching. I follow all kinds of teams and and definitely the sharks have a name for themselves so it's it's more enticing to follow uh teams that are established right. and have a name and, and are in the hunt and that kind of thing. So hats off to you guys. That'll be fun to watch you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good luck with your uh new uh sports endeavor. You got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, Fabian, thank you for coming on. Uh, wish you well in the uh, 2018 season and obviously continued success with the uh, thefootballlife.com. And you guys can, uh, all our listeners can get between now and uh, midnight Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. So check it out. Uh, lots of stuff on there and uh, easy, easy ordering. Add it to the cart and you're good to go. So, Fabian, thank you for making the time and look forward to another chat in the future. And uh, hopefully the Sharks will be in the playoffs and the, uh, the WFA season is going to look very bright for the 20th anniversary for the Sharks. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Oscar, for having me. And I, I you know, I just uh, wish you the best and uh, thanks for, for the time. No problem. Have a great uh, uh, night. Safe travels. All right. You too. Take care. All right, Louise, uh, that was uh, Fabian uh, Bayes, uh uh, quarterback coach of the New York Sharks. And we were talking about Karen Mulligan as well, a uh, pretty legendary uh, quarterback in uh, history of the Sharks. She's been there uh, pretty much all, all since the existence, pretty much. So, uh, you know, awesome, awesome player as well. And she's had a long tenured history there with, uh, with Andrea as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely uh, built like a quarterback or built like a prototype quarterback and a uh, very good player. So that's exciting for them. All right, guys, um, so you guys can check out uh, Fabian's website, uh, The Football Life, and it's football with one L, and then it's life.com. Uh, you get the link on our uh, 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 Great Iron Beauty Blitz uh, uh, promo as well, and you can go to our Facebook page on the promo page and on our Twitter feed as well. You'll get the link there as well. So 30% off, use the code GRIDIRON between now and midnight and or 9 p.m. Pacific. So check it out and see what he's got there. Uh, it's powered by uh, Shopify, so pretty awesome site as well. Um, so, Louise, we are going to bring in the man that knows everything that's going on in the uh, North American swing, and Club Burmy is going to be in the house, and Burmy is having a Burmy tour for this season. So uh, we want to bring him on because uh, we're going to get, you know, we're at 30 days out almost, 40 days out before the season starts. So it's talking about women's football, and we got to get it in. So let's bring in Michael Burmy in the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by Zazzle.com. You get Zazzle at Gridiron Beauties, Zazzle.com for slash Gridiron Beauties. And if you go today, you get up to 25% off on everything at the shop. So, Michael, uh, what is going on? What's good? What's good? What's good, Louise? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's so you got a day, you got a day off and you got to be with us. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. 
I knew I hardly ever did Tuesdays off, but because we've hired some extra employees, they, go, they had to cut back on some people's hours. So I went off now. So as I found out, I got you a call. Awesome. So I really appreciate that. Um, uh, Michael, you're on with uh, Louise Bean. I'm pretty sure you know you know who Louise Bean is. Um, of course. But uh, of course. Um, Michael, tell us uh, tell us about the Burmy tour first. Let's start off that. How did that come about? And uh, now we're doing Burmy tour for 2018, right? Yes, we are. So it started. The tour started out when I realized that I was first year when I did what did the site and the coverage therein. I decided a lot of people were asking me to come out to those games come on out to these games. But I had turned but then I but I unfortunately not gotten the chance to a lot of times but times. So after this last past year I announced via live stream as I do for quite a few things that I was going to be starting a tour tour for this past season there. My first I went to I went to Indianapolis, Twin Cities, to Madison, to Chicago, to Denver, to Toledo, and to Pittsburgh last year. And this year I'm playing for this twenty eighteen tour, I'm gonna I it would take quite a while. I'm gonna I've already scheduled my stops for the twenty eighteen tour regular season. So Michael, Michael, are you on a speaker or uh, or are you on an actual phone phone? I'm on a cell phone. Cell phone. Okay, no problem. I was just on because I know sometimes it gets staticky. But yeah, so this year you're going to how many cities are we looking at right now? Let's see. One. Uh, you want me to give the full rundown of cities? Yeah, if you. I mean, because everybody wants to know where you're going to be at. I mean, at this point. You're the guy that you're the guy that everybody's gonna want to see. You're kind of like a uh, kind of a rock star. First anyway, the first stop on my tour is gonna to be on Saturday, April seventh. I'm gonna be in Louisville, Kentucky, to see the Derby City Dynamite home opener against the Alabama Fire. Then I'm set. Then the next week on April 14th, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be near Detroit, Michigan, seeing the Detroit Dark Angels hosting the Cincinnati Sizzle. Then on, then on April 21st, I'm going to be near Orlando, Florida, to see the Orlando Anarchy hosting the Savannah Hurricanes. Then, then the week after that, I'm going to be in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where I'm going to see the Rocky Mountain Thundercats hosting La Muerte de las Cruces. The week after that, I'm going to be flying up to Tacoma, Washington, where I'll be seeing the Tacoma Trauma hosting the Southern Oregon Lady Gates. Then the week after that, I'm going to be going to Columbus, Indiana, to see the Columbus Vanguards hosting the Toledo Rain. Then the next week, I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio, to see the Columbus Comets hosting the Knoxville Lightning. The week after that, or on Memorial Day weekend, I'm going to be heading to Madison, back to Madison, Wisconsin, to see the the showdown between two teams in my home state, the Madison Blaze and the Wisconsin Dragons. The week after that, I'm going to be flying over to Tampa, Florida, to see the Tampa Bay Inferno hosting the Jacksonville Dixie Blues. And finally, and, and finally the regular season portion, 
and I'm going to be wrapping up the regular season portion. I'm going to, I am going to be continuing with the playoffs. So the last regular season date I have scheduled there is June 9th, where I'm going to be going back to Denver, seeing the Monday Blaze hosting the Colorado Freeze, the old Denver duel. Seems like you're going to be busy on a plane. Yes, I am. Hopefully, let's see, one, let's see, let's see, one, two, three, let's see, one, two, three, at least four, let's see, one, two, three, about five plane trips this year. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's going to be pretty excited to see you. So uh, you got any uh, entourage, any security coming? <laughs> no, not, not, not as yet, though. My best friend says he, would be, he was interested in joining me for a few of the for a few oh, those days, cool. so I'm going to stay in touch with him. Oh, cool. That's awesome. He might um, be able to make a few of those. Yeah, yeah. So, Burmy, out of all of those, I don't want to, I don't want to like neglect anybody, but out of all of those, uh, which one is are you more excited to go? Like furthest out, Tampa, or you know, which which one's the in terms of weather? I know you get out of Wisconsin. What what weather area would you <laughs> would you rather be in Florida? going to be extremely like your summer is going to be very very interesting it's going to be exciting and a lot of people are uh, looking forward to obviously meeting you and uh hanging out and uh you know uh, another burmy live pretty much are you doing are you going to be doing facebook live at these events well it all, it all depends as to whether i can configure as to whether i can work my smartphone just right because you see i don't you see, my smartphone is actually a flip phone because I find them a lot more reliable. Sure, Hopefully sure. The typing will be able to work just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and I know you got a lot of uh, devoted, uh, you know, owners out there and players that are obviously going to help you make your stays in each destination pretty awesome. So that's going to be no doubt there. Yes, yes, well, I am absolutely, I am absolutely, I'm so grateful, so grateful to all of them. I am really looking forward to seeing everybody on the stop there. I wish the regular season was – I wish the regular – 10 weeks is not long enough for the regular season because there's just so many people I want to see. The ones I'm seeing, I'm really going to be excited about. Happy, happy to see them all. I know well, I, don't hear the, they... I don't see the Utah Falcons on that list. I had wanted this one of the on May fifth I was 
on May 5th, that was the game where I knew I for sure I would be heading to the Pacific Northwest that day. But yeah. I tried to decide between two games there. It was an absolutely tough decision. Had the schedule stood, it's like I would have just, I would have decided it on May 5th itself. Yeah, I saw that one. I just got to tease you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm really, really am. But I'd really hope it. But yes, as part of the tour, I'm hoping to actually see all three leagues championship games. And the IWFL is the only one where I haven't heard any information on that yet. It's in Austin. Hmm. Austin, Texas this year. And it's the week before the WFA. So it's the 22nd, 23rd weekend. So I'm going to be able, so there is a chance I'm going to be able to make it to all three of them. Okay. That'll be great. So, okay. So that's three weekends in a row. USWFL is on the fourth. USWFL is in Bristol, Tennessee. After that, IWFL is in Austin. And then right after that, the WFA is in Atlanta. That's it is going to work out perfectly. Well, that, I, hats off to you. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of that's a lot of uh, football. A lot of female football to watch. So hats <laughs> off to you. And when you get the, well, when you have the good connections, when you well, well, you, the thing is. When you're well, voices, I was raised in a rather, I was raised in a rather simple household where I was taught, I was taught that, that they not to really worry about the accessories or the luxuries and transportation as long as it gets you from one place to the other. So that's how I've been able to handle all these trips on Coach USA, on Megabus, and on Spirit Airlines. Oh, very good. So anyway, so basically I was looking for a place where Spirit Airlines would take me. And yes, I am taking a coach bus over. I am flying out from O'Hare because unfortunately Spirit Airlines doesn't fly out of my the airport closer to my home. That's General Mitchell in Milwaukee. So Michael, well, uh, all this travel, all this travel is just gonna, it's going to get you all uh, try all the different foods at different destinations. So. You gotta, you gotta be excited for that too. Yes, I am, and I'm actually one thing I'm actually going, which I'm actually thinking about, is I'm consider, I am actually considering bringing some, I'm actually considering bringing some, some of my hometown's top delicacy to each location here. That is, my hometown's Racine, Wisconsin. We're both, we are most famous as the Kringle capital of the world. I plan to bring over some Owen. I plan to bring over some O and H to each stop. Yeah. O and H to Danish Kringle to each stop. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Michael, let's talk about the WFA. I, I know you did your uh, your pretty much your preview and review on your uh, Club Vermi uh, Facebook Live, but. Um, what are you focusing on? Is it a couple teams? We can't go overall teams. But are you looking at the East Coast at this point, uh, the Midwest, the West? Where is the, the more of an excitement for you? Well, the thing, well, over in the East Coast, well, I would say I would say that as far as division, as far as the, of course, Division One is going to have very few teams this year. It's going to have at least it's going to have at least nine there. Now, now for there are a few teams. Here's the division. I'll change any moment. 
Cleveland Fusion, they deny reports that they've relegated to D2 and that they've said they haven't chosen which division they're going to be competing yet. And also, you have Madison Blaze, who I just found out they're going to be playing in D3 this year. So that leaves only one Midwest, one team in the Midwest Division 2, the Minnesota Vixen. They basically, but yes, you're saying, as we're asking, you're asking which region that I was wanting to look at there. I would say that I would say that the regions follow the toughest in both D2 and D3. I look at the Northeast region and the Pacific region. Those races can get pretty jam-packed, especially in the mountain, especially in the Mountain West and especially in the Mountain West area. Now, in the WFA, the East Coast is going to be probably the toughest in terms of Division One because you got a lot of good teams now that incorporated last year from the IWFL. So, uh, in there, do you have a, a front runner? Is it Boston? Is it going to be Philadelphia? Um, who, who do you have as maybe a front runner? Well, Philly could do two over in D one. I'm actually predict the one I'm thinking is going to be a front runner is going to be DC again. Last year they had to deal with a lot of they had to deal with a few of their players retiring and several rookies coming on board, but they were still able to push push the Boston Renegades to the brink in that playoff game. They had to lead against them for a good period of time. I'm guessing I'd say my front runner in the in the East has got to be the East in the Division One in the Division One National Conference has to be the DC Divas. So you're believing in Amanda Congelli to get the, the Divas back to the, the national spotlight here in the playoffs again? Yeah, last year was just last year was just a little bump in the road. They're gonna, I think they're going to be back to their old They're going to be back to their old selves this year. Where do you see Boston? Is Boston redemption? This is is this the redemption season? It very well could be because you saw the rally that they put. You saw the rally that they put together. Put up against the Dallas Elite. There, they came back from th- coming all the way back from thirty from thirty one down. And, was, and for a moment, I almost I was looking at I was looking up between both fan bases. I almost thought I almost thought the Renegades were going to pull it off, and that Elite blew a thirty one nothing lead was going to become the internet meme. <laughs> but they was not going to. But that but they certainly do have a tasty top ten there. I'm thinking. I am thinking that the, of course, I'm thinking that the Ameri- the National Conference ch- Championship is going to be between the Boston Renegades and the DC Divas. Now, on Division Two, you got Inferno. Are you uh, putting them as favorites to return since the, since Montreal is no longer in? They're playing. I would say they would be. I would say they're for sure. I would. I would say they would be. They're my prediction to be there to once again be the Southeast representative of the game. You have so many great, but then you have so many great teams. The Northeast has quite a few great teams there. Of course, the Sharks are, are going to want to spin this in their grand thin alley. So they're going to, so they're going to be more, so they're going to be more dangerous than ever. Then you also have the Phantoms and the Comets who have, like they have some unfinished business to settle. So, so I think the Northeast is, the Northeast is going to be absolutely chock full of talent. Now, out west, and if the, out west, you have a shift because of the elite being somewhat split apart between the two teams, one to the IWFL and one to the – so out west, um, 
you know, Seattle goes to the IWFL, San Diego goes to the IWFL. So who do you see out West in the WFA? Well, I, I think that the Dallas elite will still make it, will still make it to the American conference championship game. They are still going to have a, they are still going to win the games, which they typically do. They just won't be big blowouts this time. But I say that the, but honestly, I'm thinking my gut's telling me that teams either my gut's telling me the team's going to win the West in the WFA. I would predict the LA Warriors. I'd look at the LA Warriors. After all, several players from the Central Cal War Angels are joining the team, including the league boss Lisa King herself, who's playing one more year. Yeah, that was sort of shocking news to go west, but that could be a powerhouse in the West considering San Diego is no longer there. Yeah, every other, t- every other, t- every other team in California is D, t- is D two or lower, and the only other D one team on the West Coast is the Portland Fighting Shockwave. And speaking of the Shockwave, they have uh, finished business, uh, given the you know the playoff scenarios and everything else that happened, uh, where they thought they deserved to be in the playoffs. A lot of people thought so. So this could be a year where they are for redemption as well to get back to the spotlight. Yes, they're going to, they're certainly going to want to win this one. Not only that, but they also had a similar split that the similar split as the elite had with several of their players being charter members of the Eugene Lady Hawks in the IWFL. Yeah. So um, D3, we can't rule out Arkansas. They had so much heart last year. They've proven it. They went from, from West to East. Um, you know, Orlando's right in the mix. Um, do you see anybody else in D3 that maybe can challenge both of them? Honestly, I'm saying I'm actually I was actually thinking that over in the West, over in the in the Midwest, I think the biggest challenges to the Wildcats in the Midwest are going to be both Wisconsin teams, Blades and the Dragons. Then in the but I also think that in the, the Pacific. And I think the anarchy looks set to win this looks set to win the Southeast again this year. And the Northeast is gonna be chock full the Northeast will be chock full of talent there. Because you got the rain the rain is still gonna be as good as ever. And then the fact whoever scheduled the main mayhem to play the Richmond Black Widows in, in week one is an absolute genius because you saw how neck and neck they were in the Massey ratings and how the Black Widows Felt like they were robbed of that playoff spot, and they're going to want. And they to played. They done. played well. They're going to want to settle that unfinished business against. They're they are salivating at the prospect of playing the mayhem and try try and settle that unfinished business out there. I'm always. I've already made my selection. That this is going to be my first my first Division Three game of the week. Now, week one, uh, Burmy, where do you see week one? Uh, I know you got, you know, the big top dogs are in week one, a couple of matchups in week one. So, for week one, I, who do you, who's your matchup in each division? Well, I would say that I don't think that any D1 teams are playing. I don't think that any D1 teams are playing each other in week one, but I would say that my crust – but on March, of course, actually the season kicks off a week earlier on March 31st, as the Tampa, 
as the Tampa Bay Inferno are playing the Atlanta Phoenix over at Fifth Third Bank Stadium on the campus of Kennesaw State University. That's a D1 school. That is going to be that is going to be something that is going to be something to watch. But as far as April seventh games, I'd say the one the cross division game, D one versus D two game, that I'm most excited to see is the Boston Renegades and the Philadelphia Phantoms. They have built they've fostered quite a bit of a rivalry despite the, their differences in division. In fact, in last season's regular season finale, the Phantoms were came this close to knocking off the Renegades before a con before their con their last touchdown was wiped out in the controversial call by the refs there. Of course, I can you can imagine that this past that this past Super Bowl has given them so much momentum for the opener there. Well, I mean, if they come back, they got they got Smith, Cahill, pretty much a good core of players in Boston. Philadelphia's got guts, and they they, they have played so well against Division One in the past two seasons that I think they deserve uh, their schedule. I mean, whoever set up their schedule, start right. Whoever put out their schedule out there has done a really good job of mixing it up, and I think that's benefited them a lot. They know full well. They're I was talking to some people involved with them. They are, they are one of those D2 teams. They, walk, they look forward to every time they play against a D1 opponent. They want to measure. They want to measure up against the best of the best there. They want, this is a team which I think has sights on moving on up to D1 in about a couple of years. Now, Burmy, if the, fountain, uh, the Phantoms would move to D1, what a mixture of competitiveness. I mean, we're talking big-time, uh, another big-time uh, team. Carolina, they came over from the idea of itself. You got Philadelphia building up to it. Um, so, yeah, that would be uh, an awesome move if they ever get to that level. Yes, it would. But right, right now they're just trying to focus on doing, the best, doing their best at, exact, at exactly where they're at. They want to make this the year they end their season. They, they, they really want to end their season in Atlanta this year. And I think they're one of the teams which is likely to do it. Michael, can we predict right now maybe Inferno Philadelphia since the Brits are no longer in the mix? Can we be that bold and early prediction then? I think we're going to see. I actually think we're going to, in the National Conference Championship, I think we're going to see the – I actually think that the Inferno – because that would be a rematch of 2016 – 2016's D2 National Conference Championship. I'm thinking that it's going to be the Inferno versus the Phantoms or the Sharks because whoever comes out on top of that rivalry, they're going to be the Northeast representative. Game and yeah. yeah. And then, but moving on, but let's move on to the American Conference. Graham talks a lot about the American Conference and the Pacific Region D2. That's mostly because I, just because I want to shout out the Bottle Hype Blaze yet again. They have always shown me so much love in my work. And as I said, I had my pretty much one of my perhaps my best best experience fan experience I've had on the tour was when I came over to Denver to suck for their game there. So I know that I want to give a shout out to all those all those involved there, especially for listening to this broadcast today. And I'm thinking and I'm picking this I'm actually I'm making my prediction for the D the D2 American Conference Championship is going to be between the Mile High Blaze and the Minnesota Vixen. Now, that, is going Burmy, to be a, that would be a fantastic schedule, matchup. 
The schedule last year for Mile High, they played their schedule, so they can't control the schedule. Do you think this will be their toughest season to really gauge them? I know they're up. Oh, I know. This is going to be a challenge. This season will be a challenge there, but they wouldn't have it any other way. I know that they are very much up to it. They're especially looking forward to their t- to the two date games they get to play against the Kansas City Titans. This, this will with St. Louis with St. Louis out of the mix, um, Michael. With St. Louis out of the mix, that really puts uh, a real focus on Minnesota or Kansas City to really be the staple in that division. But uh, Mile High did play, like I said, they played it, uh, an awesome uh, season last season. So this is this will be a huge challenge if they can stay in the mix between the three. Challenge uh, Kansas City as well as uh, actually, Minnesota. Yeah, actually, Kansas City's in D1. Oh, is it D1 now? Yeah, they've, they've always been D1. Oh, so they didn't get – I thought they were going to go D2 at some point. Okay, so it's basically Minnesota Mile High then. Pretty much. Mile High is – Although although the Blaze could have although the Blaze do have a couple of challengers although there are a couple of really strong challengers out coming out of California in the in the D two Pacific two even though the Sin City Trojans have self relegated to D three I'm thinking that the San Diego Rebellion and the Capital City Rage are going to be quite a they're they're going to be some pretty tough contenders they're going to considering considering uh, Ninji Martin. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's fighting at the bits to try to get a D2 championship, especially in her first year. Yes, she, that she is. Mostly, I'd say most, a lot, several, if not most of the Rebellion players, I think used to be players for the North County Stars in the IWFL. And so they were, they, were, they were perhaps the most underrated team, the team in that league. I think they're going to put together, I think they're going to put together a challenge here in the WFA as well. All right. So, uh, Michael, let's move on to the IWFL. Um, obviously, a, a smaller league. And so we had uh, Seattle move over. We had San Diego come over. Um, just a lot of teams that came over from the WFA in, in terms of the West Coast. So this is more of a West Coast league anyways. And then you got the Texas Elite, a portion of the Dallas Actually, elite. I must correct. Actually, I have to correct you on that one. You see, because – because of reasons which I cannot go can, which I cannot go into detail about because it would take up the entirety of this broadcast. There's all right. The IWSL only lists them as as Texas women's football. So the team, as far as I'm so so the teams name that IWSL Dallas team's name situation is really is up is kind of up in the air right now. All right. So the former Texas elite is that what we want to say? You want to say the to call them the call them the elite the elite spinoffs. There you go. That'll work. Um, so, given all that that's happening, the front runners, you know, you had Carson pretty strong before this. These teams get into the IWFL. Obviously, Utah the staple, and and then Austin as a staple. So is it going to be a lot stronger competition, you think, in the IWFL because of the fact that these new teams came to play and, and they're pretty consistent last year in the WFA? Well, I, th- I think that this is going to – I think this is really good for the IWFL competitive-wise competitive there. 
even though a lot of people are saying it's going to be between Austin and Dallas in the Central, I honestly think this could this could very well be a impetus for the likes of Houston Energy and the Tulsa Threat, the Tulsa Threat, and possibly the Iowa Crush to step things up this year. All right, uh, Luis, you uh, you played in the IWFL, so what do you got for Burmy here? Well, I really quick, I have a question. I have the Minnesota Vixen as D1. Are they not D1? I, I checked, I checked and clicked at the WFA staff page. Apparently, they are voluntarily relegated to D2. And oh, right, okay. apparently, no, they are right now the only D, they're, apparently, right now, they're the only D2 team in the Midwest region right now. Okay, because so. I was just on there today, and they were listed D1. So, that's why I was confused by you guys. Um, on the front page, team spot. I don't think Lisa's updated the okay. main team page okay. on the main website, but on the staff page, it has a drop-down menu where it says WFA 1, 2, and 3. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense then. Um, and also, I didn't catch. It was just a glitch in the in – just in the – oh, being able to hear you. Who did you guys say was going to go play for the L.A. Warriors? Was it Lisa King? Is that what you guys were saying? Yep. She was going to play She's – she's going to play – she is going to be playing her last her last season of football as a member of the LA Warriors. Okay, so I haven't heard that, so that'll be interesting. That's definitely a bit of a commute um, there, so that's good. Um, I think you're definitely correct in um, in your assessment of the IWFL. Um, yeah, Austin and and Dallas. I mean, obviously their web their Facebook page still says Texas Elite. Um, but my it's contact, a complicated issue. Yeah, well, as long as there's a team. Um, but I'm just saying from the information on their site, um, you know, and, and also from the contacts that I know, you know, I think they're going to be really loaded. I definitely think they'll be the stronger of the two Dallas teams, and um, that most of the girls of the, went to play for Odessa, and so that's definitely that will be interesting along with uh, Houston Energy. And so, you know, they have to fight it out. And then the winner, basically, of that region plays the winner of the West region, and which now has not just Utah, but then Seattle and San Diego. And San Diego. And who? And San Diego, as I said. Right. San Diego and Seattle. but And they were both Division One teams. And so, yeah, the Falcons are really excited to, to – uh, play them. I know for sure that uh, uh, I don't know, I always call her Kenji Martin, but I know it's, people say it differently. How do you say it, Oscar? Nenji Martin? Kenji Martin. Yenji Martin, yeah. And she's got great numbers. Um, she's their quarterback now. So, yes. uh, um, I thought Nenji Martin was playing for the San Diego She started up the San Diego Rebellion right. in the Yeah. I was just touching base on your WFA. I definitely think they're going to be um, uh, you know, a force for the Division II um, Western representative because they've got the numbers. I think they're getting people from all over, different teams. They're not just a rookie team. And then also uh, the LA Warriors, like you said, I had not heard that about Lisa, so that'll be interesting to see what other teams and what they get. Um, yeah, for the IWFL, I definitely think it'll come down to um, – I know – I mean, I've played with so many different girls that are on different teams, either through camps or with um, the all-star event that was last year. And so San Diego has their returning longtime quarterback coming. Um, 
And I, I, I think Seattle has their, their former starting quarterback that was hurt last year coming back. Um, the Utah Falcons, uh, you know, we play three quarterbacks all the time, so I'm not worried about the quarterback yeah, um, for there. Luis, you got Rachel Woods returning, and you have uh, Melissa okay. Gallegos. Yeah. Okay, yep. So, yeah, and I've, uh, I've played with Melissa, been to camp, so that's a big deal for them. Um, I don't think they have as big a roster as they've had in the past, so that'll be interesting. And, and Seattle is in the 30s, um, and same as uh, San Diego. Um, you know, Utah is still pretty loaded. They've got over 40 returning players, so that'll be interesting. Um, and I, you know, I expect them to do everything they've always done before, so they're going to be a good team. So I definitely think. The interesting thing is with the schedule this year with IWFL is Seattle and San Diego are not playing each other because of distances. And so Utah lucked out and got both those games at home because Utah's playing both of them. And so they got to host, both host them. So that was good. And so I, if I was to make a prediction, I would say um, – I would say the Dallas team and the Utah Falcons, and I'm and I looking at that from a um, non-biased point, just from what I know about the different teams and the different personnel on each team. But the game, the the big San Diego and the and the Seattle and the with the Utah, I mean those are going to be the same as with Dallas and Houston and Austin. So those are, those are your games. That's what makes or breaks your season. But um. Yeah. No, Oscar, I, I'm right, sorry. Seattle Majestics is my spoiler right now because they have the one fit all the all the track and they have they actually got an under armor deal. I'm sure that's going to bring in a lot more depth there. Yeah. They've got some ballers. I mean, I've played with them, so they've got some ballers. I'm picking the Seattle Majestics. They're going to. I'm at, I'm picking. I think I'm picking Seattle versus Dallas this year. Okay. You're taking, I Seattle, you're taking Seattle versus Dallas in the IWFL final. Yep. You are. There you go. Wow. He's I cannot be that bold, Burmy. I cannot be that bold, Burmy. <laughs> there's no way I'm going got... against Utah. It's just it's just like going up against the Patriots. Uh, yeah, the the second team. I could see maybe um, for sure. Uh, I think San Diego could. Uh, I mean, not San Diego. Uh, San Diego could make another run in it, and that would be a clash. Uh, but you know, you can't take anything away from Austin. They have played their heart and soul for the last two and a half years. So listening to this, oh, they're yeah. not. They're not going to be happy about our prediction not including them. They oh, yeah, came they're, the they're going to give. They are the team which came, which in both years came the closest of anyone to beating the Utah Falcons. That is true. They scored the most points. Um, yeah, I definitely think Austin and Dallas are going to – those are going to be some tough, tough games. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. But, Oscar, I, I asked Burmy beforehand. I said, hey, Burmy, uh, let's do let's do a uh, top ten women's football nationwide teams, and what do you got? And so, uh, so I, I, I warned him. So I want to ask him because I got my top ten. And I got criteria. So, what do you think, Burmy? Well, my prediction, my num, my number one is the DC Divas, because okay. they're my pick to that's the Northeast there. My number two is the Boston Renegades. Okay. 
I think that my number three my number three is the my number three is the LA Warriors. Because because of all this because of the potential War Angels could be joining them. Okay. My number four my number four is the my number four is the Dallas Elite is the WFA Dallas Elite because they're still a good, good team. They still have the legacy. The ones who are sticking, the ones who are sticking around, I think, are going to be are going to be the most competitive. Are going to be a really competitive one there. Okay. And the number number five team I'm picking. Number five is my number five would be the would be the Seattle Majestics. Because they're making big splashes there, and they're really good. We're going to see them on a whole nother level this year. I'm predicting that. Okay. My number six is going to. My number six would be the, um, whatever you're going to. We're going to call that off the spinoff, the athlete spinoff. My number seven would be the Utah Falcons. My number eight would be the my number eight would be the Tampa Bay Inferno. Are they are they are they division one? They're two, right? Yes, they are division two. Okay. Okay. But they have a beaten several Division one teams where they played them. Okay. My number nine would be the my my number nine would be the would be the San Diego Surge. And I'm thinking my number 10, my number 10 would be the, I'm thinking my, my number 10, I think it would, is a tie between, tie between the New York Sharks and the Mile High Blades. My New York Sharks, Philadelphia Phantoms and Mile High Blades. It's just too hard for me in there. I thought of 10 teams. I told you that. Okay. Well, you're right. You went out there on a limb on some of those. I didn't expect a couple of those. Um, okay, you ready for mine? Yes, I am. Okay. I had opposite of the first and second. So I had Boston first and just because of uh, longtime quarterback and uh, humongous, um, very large roster and over 40 returning. Then I had the D.C. Divas because they've got a great organization. Um, second year of their quarterback starting, and she did pretty well last year. Plus, they have Allie Hamlin still on the staff, and so yeah. uh, they got good coaching. And uh, they're used, they have a killer schedule, and they've always had a killer schedule. So I think that definitely breeds um, breeds success. And then I put yeah. Atlanta Phoenix as number three because – They've got the numbers, and they have all the, you know, the hype of being in the or hosting, and that creates a certain hunger because you want to try and be in the game when you're hosting. Yes, um, they, yes, they do there, but I, they probably would not be happy to know that I picked the tap. That my prediction is that the Tampa Bay Inferno is going to win that opening game against them. Okay, that'll be interesting. That, that's definitely a big game, so that's huge. The Inferno won the last time they played. After all, yeah. Well, in Atlanta, Atlanta was in the playoffs. They just lost in the first round. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just we'll see what happens on that one. Um, I put my Utah Falcons as fourth 
based beyond based because they've lost once in four years and they run a scheme that's hard to simulate and no one runs it. And that so that's why I put them fourth. Um, I actually put Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I put the the Texas Elite team. I'm just calling them that because I don't know what they're called right now. You're saying. So Texas Elite, and you know what, four. I could put Texas at four and Falcons at five. Either way. Um, and then I got Pittsburgh in there because Pittsburgh has a great organization, longtime quarterback, uh, lots of key key players returning, and they also went uh, into the playoffs and lost to Chicago. I think it was Chicago. Yep, it was Chicago. It was Chicago. Yep, lost to them, and Chicago was you know a pretty good team. I got San Diego next. Uh, based upon their longtime coaching staff and their longtime ownership and their longtime quarterback coming back, and she's a very good quarterback. I've played with her. Then I have the other Dallas team, the, the WFA Dallas team, and uh, just because they're used to winning. Now, I don't know who their quarterback is because the, the Dallas quarterback from last year went over to the Texas Elite one. So that will be interesting, but I know they have a lot of good players. And then I put the Warriors in next because the LA Warriors because we don't know who they really have other than they have Lisa. And so we're kind of waiting to see. And I know that they beat San Diego twice last year regular season, but then San Diego beat them in the playoffs. So you know, I got they got to prove that. And then I got Seattle. Oh, no, I don't. I have Austin and then Seattle. And uh, so there you go. I didn't put any D2 teams in there. Um, the Sharks, I think, will be real viable at D2 championship. And the Mile High, I've talked to people on Mile High, and they were undefeated last year during the regular season, but they played a lot of Division three teams. And they play That's a lot of the D3 three teams. That's because the D2 teams were the only ones that were within reasonable distance right. of them. Right. Totally understand that. But they're also playing Division three teams this year. And I just think that's hard when you're trying to make a long push into the playoffs to not constantly be pushed. And whereas Phoenix gets, I was not Phoenix, Philadelphia gets pushed all the time. And so I think that's hard when you go into the playoffs if you're not pushed. They have a new head head coach this year, a new OC, um, and so um, they got a pretty good roster size though. So I think those I, games against the Titans will. I really think that those games against the Titans will be some must-see games because they played, they played, I think, at least once, possibly twice, in 2016. But they, I, have, I think that both – I honestly think this one's going to be – these two games are going to be a lot closer there. Yeah, I think it just depends on what happens with Casey at quarterback. And, you know, their quarterback was just so young. doesn't mean that she's not talented, but, you know, it's really hard to be that young and and be a leader of – um, women that are so much older and just there's yep. so much to learn in the game. So it just depends on how yep. she matures if she's their quarterback still. I really think she's going to – I heard that she was coming back and also okay. I also heard that there's – I've also I saw that last year – last year, of course, I was – I went to see the Titans as they were – as the Minnesota Vixen was hosting them. I was – I was real – I really wanted to meet her at the game at Unfortunately, that was that was a game where she was injured and okay. carried off there. So, well, I think it's just because uh, she had a lot of interceptions, and that's just inexperience in youth. 
and, you know, going against mature players and just things like that. But that'll come. I mean, she obviously has talent. So, yeah, she's yeah we're talking about, you're yeah, talking about uh, Brooke Leach. Um, she's, she should be back. Yes. Uh, leading okay. the Titans back, yeah. Okay. How did she ever get passed off to play when she was 16? I thought that was, like, not a rule. It she was actually, guys, it depends on which team there. If you're under – the rules are, I think, that, that if you're that if you're that if you're under that you that some teams could be sixteen or seventeen provided they have parents or guardians written permission. That's okay. right. I just thought it was a WFA rule yeah. for seven. It just had to be at least seventeen. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a rule for it, just like any any job related. So it worked out that way. Um, okay. So you guys have interesting teams here. Boston first in one, DC in another. Boston two and DC in another. Uh, you really, uh, Burmy, you really think the Warriors are going to really stand out, huh? Yes, I do, because I think that, I think this is going to be the, given how the, given how much the, given how much, is your, given how the other division, Burmy, is your mindset, is your mindset because they're getting some sort of Central Cal War uh, contribute, contribution, you think they're going to be a lot more explosive? I think so. I think so. Also, could be also is because, given how they've been the team, they've been the team. They've been they've been the team which has been moving up, which has been moving up the rankings there. Because some right. of the other teams have lost several players there, and Warriors have been right. the one team that was been moving up there. Yeah, no, they 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 seem to be hungry for obviously getting to a national stage and be relevant. So that's good. Um, I am going to go with my top ten would be. Uh, I would put Boston first because of their caliber of play and their consistency. I will have to put Utah second because they have been undefeated and pretty much have steamrolled over everybody. Um, I cannot, uh, at this point, I cannot put Texas Elite and even in the top five, and I cannot put the Dallas Elite even in the top – I mean, they'll be top ten. I have Dallas Elite – uh, from last year, at this point, based on the change and everything, I would put them at number ten at this point, just because of that. The Texas Elite, I would probably put at five from the WFL, and then um, I will have to go with um, Pittsburgh third, and then DC right after that. I think Pittsburgh's going to prove back. They have uh, new blood. If Lisa comes back, um, which she should. DC, I think yeah, Amanda has proven that she can she can move it up a little bit, and so that's going to be a tough test for them. I would put the Inferno number six because I think the last two years, even though they're D two, they have proven that they, they understand how to get back to the championship level, and I think that's where the case is is going to be built on. Um, I really think San Diego would come in next after that, like uh, to Luis's point here. And the Warriors, I would put the Warriors right in there as well. And then it would be Seattle for me after that. Um, and then Austin, I have to include Austin in there uh, at ninth because I think they're, they're just hungry. They're going to be more competitive. They have more competition. But they, I think they want to prove they can steamroll through these teams that are coming from the WFA. That's a great list. I really, I I like seeing both of your guys' opinions on that because that that's a great list. This and and this is and you see why I don't why I have a hard time putting together a list because you know anything can oh, happen yeah. 
anything could happen in this game there, but I think even I think I like how both of us are on a similar wave, like putting Tampa in there in our top ten despite them being D two. No, it, it would be a dis, it would be just a disservice not to put them in in the top ten, in, in the, because they deserve it. They have proven themselves. They've played D one. They have won their D two schedule. They have gone army trips up they've to the traveled. north. They have won the park uh, games all the way up in the yeah. northeast. No, I mean they, they're 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 warriors for sure. They are they deserve to be in the top five. I put them in the top five because I think they're that that credible in reality. Uh, Atlanta to me is a good team. But I don't think they're top ten, um, so that's you know the, the difference. So if I had to take away Tampa uh, off the slate because of D two, I mean at this point I I don't know. I mean I would have to put in uh, somebody from the West Coast. I think I guess at this point it would be, uh, you know, but there's nobody else. I mean uh, they deserve to be in the conversation as top ten. And to me, I think the Inferno has proved it the last two years, and and I think they'll prove it this year again. So, what makes teams like the Inferno not be Division One? Do you think then? I think it's a mixture of the size of their roster. I think it's the size of their rosters that, and sometimes they could. That and I heard certain things to where they would be playing at because they want to be the Inferno. Don't want to be the only D one team in Florida. They want to play some people. They want to play games in their home state against Miami Fury, Jacksonville Dixie Blues, Okay. I think they have a good, a, a good nucleus. I think they have a good nucleus to stay where they're at because if they can own D2, especially with St. Louis bounced off this year and not relevant, um, I think they that's the best business sense in terms of franchise. If they can make an end for themselves here, I think it'll take a year or two more before they can step up to the big league. Okay, well, that makes sense then. Is that the same reason, like, you think for the slam, why the slam stayed D2 as well? Yeah, because it's so hard to maintain a roster size that I think it, it, at D2 level it still makes you relevant, and especially with the tier system, it doesn't matter now. With the tier system, at least everybody's shooting for a national championship, so you're not really yeah. forced to go to D1 to be relevant or to be even an impactful nationwide. So, you know, same, same concept goes with Orlando and Arkansas. Why would they move to D2? They, they shouldn't because if they can't sustain their numbers, at least they stay relevant and they're in the spotlight. And, they, and you know, when you do D3, D3 net, a top 10, it's so much harder. Yeah. Well, and, and there's just, there's 38 teams. And so that's why I said to Birmingham, I said, Hey, right. Hey, let's try and do, you know, top 10. Uh, and you can use any team you want in the nation. So I love. I, I would love say Ty- Arkansas. I, mean, I would put Arkansas top twenty somewhere in the top twenty. If we had to do top twenty, it would certainly be they would be in the top twenty conversation. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, I, I mean, in terms of wins and effort and title. Okay. Their only two losses last season were to the D one Alex Impact, and they were really close games, actually. Right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't take away from that story. I mean, 12 women go from one side of the coast to the other, and they yeah. win the national championship, you know? And the, 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 the entire WFA. Right. And, the, and the, the roster size in D3, some of the roster sizes in D3 at least had 25 or more players where they, only, they were working with the 13 at the best. At best. So what, I mean, Arkansas just, you know, what, an, what a story. 
Nobody would have blamed them if they would have just forfeited that game against Southern Oregon. But they made the trip. Oh, yeah. They made the long trip. They got and came with all their small team, and they got the win. Now, and Mike, I mean, that's a story for the ages. That's not just a story. That That's a huge story. That's something you can tell people. You know, 13 folks went cross-country to finally get a national championship. It's, it's almost like a document, a, a cool movie to make. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. I honestly think that both participants in the Division Three champ in the Division Three national championship should have movies based on on that season. Actually, the Orlando, oh, yeah. of course, the Orlando Anarchy. Those filmmakers really missed a good, missed a big opportunity to have last year be the basis for a Gridiron Girls too. Exactly. Um, well, Michael, I'm assuming they both started off. Sorry. No, go ahead, Luis. I'm assuming both those teams started off with a few more players, and that's just what they ended up at at the end, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think impressive. the I think the the D3 roster is at least 20 on a, on a best okay. case scenario. So you're going to lose, you know, four or five six players down the road, and that's really the case there. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, they had heart. They they did they played their schedule. They won. They got into the playoffs. They moved across country. I mean. You got to hats off to them. I mean, that, that's a, a huge story. And uh, Arkansas Wildcats, I mean, that's just, you, you, we will never forget that story. I will never forget that story. That's something that will be ingrained in your head for seasons to come. Yes, it is. I remember when I was, I remember when I was seeing my, when I was in my Orlando Anarchy gear, when I was being at that 50 yard line in Pittsburgh, seeing how fast they would go, how skilled they were, it was. Seeing how skilled they were, I could not, I could not believe how just how fast the Wildcats were that game there. And you know they cut, they came from an eight on eight mentality, so te- technically um, they they played their heart out in that mentality. So they they played basically an eight on eight versus an eleven on eleven, if you really want to think about it that way. And, and I think they were bred it that way, and that's why they won. I think, I think so because. Especially for the running, running back, Kara Vincent, I think her name was. Once the ball got handed off, to, once the ball got handed off to her, it was going to. It was you might as well vote and put the six points on the scoreboard right, right when she got running. Right. All right, uh, Michael. Let's talk international scene here. You've been following Baffa women Sapphire series. Pretty exciting. We got a couple weeks to go here. Birmingham is owning this uh, tournament. You got uh, Leeds. In some in some aspects, also trying to be competitive with them. Um, we have um, what's the other division? We have uh, we have uh, I think Kent, Kent Exiles are undefeated. Oxford is three and one. Portsmouth is undefeated in Division Two A. Um, so it's, it's been a pretty awesome tournament. Yes, yes, it has been. We're, what I really like enjoyed is seeing the teams, seeing is seeing the up and coming teams really. Really step up there. Of course, Birmingham. Of course, Birmingham leads. Of course, you got Birmingham and Leeds are going to be as. Of course, Birmingham. The likes of Birmingham and Leeds are going to be as good as ever. But you got. But the fact is, what I like seeing the rise of how the. I enjoyed seeing how the London Warriors are going to build. Build it. are building up for the future. And seeing how the especially in the first division, the London Warriors building up the future, and how the Derby Braves have been. Well, the Derby Braves have been much stronger than their record would have you believe. 
Yeah, and Division One uh, North and South is going to be a pretty a fight to the end. Even London at four and two is still relevant. Hertshire uh, fires. Uh, I mean, Hertshire uh, is three and three. You also have Manchester in the mix. Uh, so anything can happen in the next two weeks. But for sure, the Lions are on pace for their fifth championship. Yes, they are. But I imagine that the Carnegie, that the Leeds Carnegie Chargers are going to watch. They're really going. They're going to watch plenty of film of that game. So, if so, should a lot of people are saying that those two teams are going to meet again in the national championship, as they did in last year's. So I think the game is going to be much would be will be much closer when they do meet. And you got to get yeah. keep in mind uh, the Burmese, the Lions, and the the Chargers have a lot of uh, gridiron Brit, uh, Britain uh, national team members, and that's I think that's what makes it very competitive. I believe that the Birmingham Lions are tied. I think they were tied with the with the Mexico City Vikings and Mexico City Vikings, Stinky Wolverines, and one of the U.S. teams for most players. Yes, that's correct. Um, so, uh, Burmy, you've been following it this next weekend. It's pretty exciting. We got Leeds. We'll take on Manchester. Manchester looking for that. Uh, they're three and three, obviously looking for that upset against Leeds. Leeds is five and one, trying to keep pace with the Lions. That's one matchup. The other matchup is the Lions taking on the Warriors, sort of four and two against six and two, first against second. That's going to be a pretty tough battle as well. Uh, on the other side in 2A, uh, give, take, in, take into account this is five on five in 2A versus uh, the uh, eight on eight on the other. Uh, Romans will take on the Steelers. Um, actually, actually 2A is now seven on seven. Yeah, no, right. Seven on seven, two A, right? Correct. And then uh, two B, I believe, five on five. If I'm correct, right? Two B is five on five. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, Portsmouth will take on Wembley. Wembley's two and two. Uh, the record doesn't show showcase as much as they're talented that they are. So they're looking for a three and two improvement, and obviously giving Portsmouth the first loss. That's going to be awesome, but. Portsmouth has only given up nine points a game. That's going to be tough for Wembley to even try to work in it. That's going to be that Portsmouth and Wembley. That's that's the biggest rival, biggest rivalry in Division Two A for sure. One of the biggest in all of Britain. Because seeing how Wembley swept the Wembley swept the series, series they had won the division, and won the conference title last last season. Portsmouth is really built. Portsmouth is really stepping up. So, so it's yeah, the dread, really dreadnoughts are really impactful. Um, so, Michael, uh, thanks for coming on. It's awesome to always talk to you about women's football and uh, women. The WFA season about to kick off in about a month, and the IWFL as well. So we're gonna have a lot. And then on top of that, international scene is gonna be huge. Britain, Victoria's in in the mix. We're gonna have Europe. A lot of places in Europe are going to be in the mix as well. Germany's going to be in the mix. Sweden, Finland, the Maple Leaf is going to kick off. So uh, the whole summer is a girls' summer. And if you didn't know it, you know it now. Yep, I'm going to be checking. I'm going to be checking those out, leagues out all over the world there. And before I go, I, before we go, I just wanted to see if we still had time to talk about it. The XFFL opener there. Um, yeah, we got a couple minutes here. Um, go ahead. Well, first off, it's really, of course, of course, two teams. Two, what a lot of people think is going to meet 
be a champ pack two championship contenders, and the Corpus Christi Divas and South Texas Generals, they won their games, of course. First, first they over the, the closest one was between the Corpus Christi Divas and the Laredo Warhawks. But then you got, then on the other side, even among the teams, then you got the brand new Kingsville Empire were, were the one of the new teams that won their, won their game and one of the new teams that won their game. And also, even though they lost that game this week, I'd say the Texas Wonder Women are going to be a good, our team, the only team to look out for as well. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, you can check out the highlights on our Facebook page as well, XF, XFFL out of Texas. Pretty awesome. We're going to keep tabs on that. You're going to keep tabs on that as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, Mike, thanks again. Uh, we'll catch you on Club Birmingham as we always do. And um, and if you are uh, got a free Tuesday, you're welcome to come in and chime in again. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a real pleasure checking It's actually been a real pleasure checking you out. Coming back, calling me back in there. So, All right, Mike. Have a great one. Uh, we'll ca- we'll catch you on Club Burma as always. All right, you too. You too. Thanks so much. All right, Louise. Uh, Club Burma, the man with knows everything, ins and outs. He's got it all dialed in, and he's actually diving into ba- a baffle women, which is actually exciting for me because I can actually talk about it. And um, <laughs> so baffle women, pretty awesome. So another person that I can actually dive into. So. Uh, you know, shout out to the Lions out there, undefeated. Shout out to Leeds Carnegie uh, Chargers, are 5-1. and one. Portsmouth Dreadnoughts are 4-0. and oh. um, So it's a pretty awesome weekend coming up here in uh, Baffa Women. That's going to be competitive. We only have two weeks left. And like he said, it's going to be pretty pretty intense as to who uh, ends up going to the final for the championships in both, uh, all I think, all three divisions at this point. So uh, before we get out of here, we got about 10 minutes. Let's talk about... Uh, Gridiron Victoria, week three. Uh, Croyton Rangers, 3-0. and Bliss Love and the Croyton Rangers out there, 3-0. and And uh, the Northern, uh, Northern, uh, Northern Lady Raiders are 2-0. and Crusaders are 1-1. and The Melton Wolves are 1-2. and The uh, Battle Lake Casseroles are 0-1. The Monash Warriors are 0-3. So the uh, results this past weekend was uh, Croydon, obviously, big blowout, 40-6, to taking on uh, Monash, uh, um, I'm sorry, the Crusaders. And then you have the Melton Wolves, who uh, bounce back here, and they win 7-0, to close game against the Warriors. Warriors kind of improving week to week here, even though the record is 0-3. Um, so uh, the Rangers only given up 20 points a game. So that's uh, defensively in the last three weeks. So you break it down, I think it's probably under a touchdown a game. So pretty awesome defense there. And they're putting up about 136 points right now. So offensively, they are just a juggernaut. Um, so this coming week, week four, March 3rd, the Crusaders, one and one, trying to improve them, uh, their standing, taking on the Melton Wolves, one and two. Um, we got the Raiders, 0 and two, and the clash against the Rangers. So undefeated Raiders, 2 and 0, taking on the Croton Rangers, 3 and 0. That's going to be an awesome clash matchup in Gridiron Victoria. Hey, can I do a shout-out to the Perth Broncos? I think it's that. Is it, is it the Perth Broncos? Yeah. The Perth is the Broncos. Perth Broncos. They had three girls, yeah, three girls from their team that went to the World Games over there in New Orleans. And that's a long plane ride. It is. It is. So, that's a long plane ride from Australia. Yeah. Well, and one but of the they girls – uh, they, they went out there. Definitely. I mean, that's, one of the girls I listened to the interview – 
And she said, you know, we just don't have as many. It's 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 American football, so we just don't have the, the as many coaches as you do in America. And just sure. so she said, you know, anything that we can go and learn and take back is just really invaluable. And I thought, you know, that's a big investment. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, you can check out all the WWFG five events on our Facebook page, uh, courtesy of Women's uh, Gridiron uh, Foundation, as well as all the other players that submitted uh, and shared with. So all the uh, stuff is on our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties. You can check it out now. The week event, um, I believe 21 to 14, Team White beat Team Black um, in the final game at the Women's World Championships. And you also get all the interviews from Russ Crawford. Uh, Russ Crawford uh, was interviewing, and he was at the event, and he interviewed a lot of players, as uh, Luis uh, alluded to here, uh, from Gridiron West, as well as some of the European players as well. So uh, awesome event, the, the WWFG5 event at the St. At the Saint training facility um lna feminina uh this weekend uh we are in week four uh the rookies barbara rookies undefeated three and oh buffaloes two and one the Teresa reds two and one pioneers one and two drax oh and four haven't won in two years that's just just not good anyways uh week three uh the pioneers rebound they get they uh shut out the Badalona drax 21 to zero prize there um barbara rookies versus the Teresa reds this was the rematch of the final last year and the rookies once again edged the reds 18 to 6 closer game uh similar to last year the uh, Teresa still can't muster to get over the hump here so that's going to be their challenge um this coming week pioneers obviously coming off this big shutout off of Badalona, not going to be in the same category here they're obviously going to take on Teresa reds two and one Teresa obviously looking to get a rebound win here and stay in contention with um, second place here between them and Buffaloes. The Buffaloes are 2-1. and one. They're visiting Barbera rookies, the champions 3-0. and L. So very, very key matchups this week in uh, LNFA Femenina in Spain. So that's going to be a pretty awesome uh, weekend. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of football going on these days worldwide. By the way, I really liked your video that you shared on Gridiron Beauties about the different teams worldwide that had won championships. And I just thought, you know what, that's just a really um, impressive collage of women playing football. Yeah, we got our feed from everybody. And uh, so 2017, we went globally and we came up with it and we said, hey, let's spotlight every champion uh, for, uh, globally, uh, it was in lingerie style play or NFL traditional play, and so that was the little gallery that we showcased down there. And uh, we've gotten a lot of great feedback as well. Yeah, that was impressive. You got a lot of people working to put that one together. Yeah, a lot of man hours, um, but uh, you know, we try to do our best that we can to try to get you know some of the stills and stuff like that just to showcase it on there. All right, so Luis. That uh, was a pretty awesome interview. We got Fabian Bays uh, uh, starting up the footballlife.com, www.footballlife.com. And if you guys go now before midnight uh, and 9 p.m. Pacific, you guys uh, use the code GRIDIRON to get 30% off on there. And so uh, check it out there. And then we have the in the house, we have Club Burmy. It's always uh, amazing to have Club Burmy in, insightful, giving us all the insights on the WFA, IWFL, as well as uh, all the other leagues in the States and international with talking baffle women we didn't get to the free agency uh stuff in the nfl but we always get to that week to week so we'll leave that 
as it evolves well, next that, week. That and daily. Next week's going to be that easy. daily. <laughs> sure, yeah. So we'll you know we'll, we'll touch base on it next week. Uh, we should have uh, Troy Wilson here next week. Uh, the WFA All Star will be chiming in when she can because she's getting ready for her obviously the IWF, IWFL season and uh, trying to get married. So there's a lot of intangibles there. Uh, so we're not a priority, by the way. Just that's the case right now. Hey, but she will. She, she got married she already. She will chime in. So now she's got to put us back. Well, of course. So now uh, um, she'll be in. And she'll be chiming in. So I know she will. So uh, we always uh, always miss her. So she's she she'll be back. So at this point, uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, we got everything going on next week. Um, we got a lot of action happening this March third, and then we got almost a month out for WFA and IWFL season. So. Um, just waiting for all that. And uh, if you haven't checked us out on Snapchat, go to Snapchat now at Gridiron Beauties and uh, Gridiron Beauties on Snapchat. Uh, follow our link, and we're going to get a lot of young phenoms on there, including some international players are going to be taking over our Snapchat. So check it out up there. Or And don't forget to go to the number one Twitter site covering women's American football, and that's on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. So uh, check it out, and uh, you'll be enlightened, breaking news, updates and more and that happens on our twitter feed at gridiron beauty so um for louise bean oscar lopez and for our guests uh, fabian bays and uh michael burmy uh we'll catch you here next week right here on uh apple podcast and block talk radio on the gridiron blitz have a great night everybody